Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is March 11th, and Atlanta United just demolished Charlotte 3 to nothing at Bank of America Stadium on a beautiful, beautiful day. Caleb Wiley, all of 18 years old, scored two goals and had an assist on Luis Araujo's first goal of the season to give Atlanta United its first road win this season, its first shutout this season, and a huge boost to proof of concept for Gonzalo Pededa's tactics, I think, heading into next week's home match against Portland. In this podcast, you're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda, you're going to hear from Wiley, you're going to hear from Luis Arujo, you're going to hear from Brooks Lennon, and unfortunately, you're going to have to hear from me as I answer your questions about the MLS team. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, well, as we said, Caleb Wiley, his third start this season, scored two goals. The first goal came in the fifth minute and was assisted by Diego Almada. It was a very, very pretty goal. It started with a press from Amar Sadich on the right side, created a turnover. Almeida got the ball, played it across the middle to a wide-open Caleb Wiley for the goal. It was a very composed finish by Wiley, too. And then his second goal was probably one of the prettier sequences I think I've seen in Atlanta United history. Miles Robinson had the ball. And Atlanta United's half of the field, he was patient, he waited, he waited. Nobody pressed him for Charlotte. Tiago Almada moved from the left side of Atlanta United's formation to the right side, received the ball from Robinson on Atlanta United's half of the field, turned, nobody pressed him, started dribbling upfield. He shrugged off one tackle, passed it off to Arahujo near the about 25 yards out. Arahujo took a couple of touches. Passed the ball back across the penalty box. Almada had continued his, his run. He dummy the ball to Wiley, who was making a run on the left. Wiley one time for a goal. And here's Wiley talking about how he scored his two goals. First one, um, it, was a, it was a great um, play from the team. I and mean, we won the ball back, in the I think, around the middle of the field. Um, and Tiago had the awareness to see me. Um, and I, I had to get the first touch right and kind of put it in. Second one, um, I forgot how it built up. but um, Robinson to Almada. Okay. Um, and then it was just a easy, easy pass into the goal. But yeah. Wiley became the third player in Atlanta United history to score two goals and have an assist in the same game. Miguel Almiron and Yamil Assad are the others. 
He is also the youngest player, one of the youngest players in MLS history with at least three goal contributions in a single half. MLS posted this stat on Twitter. Alfonso Davies, Alfonso Davies, Bobby Convey, and Caleb Wiley. That's pretty good company for the young man to be in. Here's Wiley talking about getting into some of those spaces, if that's something that the team has worked on in training. That's something Gonzo really gets on us about, especially my position being at that, that back post spot. Um, whenever the ball's on the right-hand side, um, just being in that area. So, you know, you never know when the, where the ball's going to drop, and you just got to be able to put it in. Now, it's not lost on anyone that Wiley keeps starting ahead of Derek Etienne, the team's big free agent signing in the offseason, and a guy that the team really uh, was focusing on, has been focusing on the preseason, talking about, but I don't know how you take Wiley out of the lineup right now, but here's him talking about the competition. It's amazing, um, but he, he's someone that is uh, is constantly giving me advice uh, in training and on the sideline, um, so it's cool to have someone who's, who's, uh, who's much more experienced and someone who's telling me what to do. The last season, Atlanta United took 11 of a possible 51 points on the road, Here's Wally talking about the importance of getting three points in its first road game this season. Road wins are, are very important. You know, it's very hard to come to a stadium like this um, in front of fans like this. Um, so it's tough, but uh, we stuck together and you know, we got the win. Speaking of the fans, Charlotte did a couple of really cool things uh, for Anton Walks, who died in late January in a boating accident in South Florida. Walks, of course, played for Atlanta United. He also was most recently with Charlotte before the game. They bring the flags out at, at on the field and, and hold them up like a, almost like a big um, parachute-looking thing. But they also did one for Anton Walks. Charlotte supporters crafted a TIFO of Walks. Uh, if you're looking at it, it's like looking at his back. The left side of his back featured a Charlotte jersey. The right side of his back featured an Atlanta United jersey. And, of course, it had Walks on the back which was also really cool. Atlanta United's assistant coaches and trainers were wearing uh, warm-up tops that had AW on the back. I don't know if that's like a brand the Walks family has started or if that's something they did, uh, but that was also a really cool thing. And then the crowd also chanted Walks, Walks, Walks for about a minute before the game started. And so that was that was one of the classier things I think I've seen in a long time from road supporters. Usually it's, well, I won't get into what the other the things that some road opponents do but here's Gonzalo Pineda just kind of talking about if this is one of the most complete games he's seen his team play in a long time today for me was one of the most complete games we've been playing uh was this perfect maybe not wasn't just planned per se like or dominating possession disrupting their aggressive pressure it wasn't like that necessarily but uh, we adapt very well to every phase of the game and that's what I'm very proud of. Like the work we've been doing with the middle block, lower block, defending crosses, defending shots, blocking shots, blocking crosses, uh, being good and dangerous in transition, uh, being clinical in the final third, especially in the first half. Uh, I think it's one of the best I've seen. Yes, I'm very happy for this. I think it was one of the more complete performances we've seen from Atlanta United under any manager in a while. Here's Pineda talking about Wiley's development. Well, first of all, it's, to me, it's a team sport, and it's about everyone. Everyone is important. At times, you know, two games ago, Thiago was the big star and all that with those two goals at the end, but 
for me, it's about the team and the team playing well. And when the team plays well, at times going to be Luis the hero, at times going to be Yakumakis, at times Miguel, Thiago, Caleb, Derek. Uh, you know, uh, today it was a great performance by Caleb uh, in many different ways. Defensively, first he was doing a great job, especially on how how we plan to block uh, their place on the flank, and him and Andrew did a great job on that side. Uh, obviously, yes, I'm very happy for the kid because he's one that we believe very high uh, on him. We think he's going to be a great, great player. And these type of performances, I hope, gives him a little bit of extra boost in his career and, and, and starts to believe even more in himself, uh, same as the whole club um, uh, does. So uh, I'm very happy for, for his performance. And, and yeah, looking forward to his development. Arahujo scored the Atlanta United's second goal. It was a low, hard, left-footed shot into the near post. You know, Arahujo was a big talking point the preseason. Pineda kept singling him out, talking about he's predicting a big year for the designated player from Brazil. Arahujo talked about he expected a big year for himself after last year, four goals, six assists, kind of a disappointment. He missed the penalty in the first game against San Jose. Didn't really do a whole lot in the second game. So I asked him if scoring this goal is a confidence boost going forward. Even if I didn't score today, that it wouldn't change my confidence. Uh, I really trust in my work. I'm a player that's very confident. I know that all I need to do is keep working hard, and, but my, my confidence is always, is always the same. Arjucho cracks me up when we ask him questions because the first sound he always makes is kind of a ch sound like, ch come on, dude, with the question. It always makes me laugh, but he always, he, you know, gives good answers and he seems like he's a pretty good guy. So I'll follow that up by asking him if he thought they executed Pineda's tactics as well as at any point since he took over. We've been executing things the, the same way in each game, but um, obviously in the in this one, we were able to score three goals early and uh, on this, in the first in the first half and we were able to to do well defensively and keep um, everything away from one goal. Uh, but, I mean, it just shows that it's two two wins and one tie. Uh, I think we, we've been playing very well, and we should just keep the, we should keep going. That isn't Louise. That's a, a translator for Atlanta United, assistant coach who also serves as a translator for Atlanta United. Now, I asked this next question specifically for one of my Twitter followers because we keep going back and forth on if possession leads to points. I'm of the opinion that I'd rather have the ball than not have the ball because otherwise you're just kind of standing in a big stadium doing nothing. So I asked Arhujo if the team might be better with the ball or without the ball than with the ball. Here's his answer. No, I don't think so. Uh, Gonzalo really likes to have the ball, and, and I think we can play both ways, um, especially depending on what time it is in the game. Like if it's 0-0, zero, zero, we should for sure have the ball and, and use our creative players. Uh, to make good things happen, and uh, but at times if we need to 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 play in a counter, we we have the ability to do so as well. So there you go, and here's Brooks Lennon, who on Tuesday talked about the need for the team to play with confidence on the road, to not sit back, to really try to impose the tactics, the strategies that Pineda is teaching them on being able to do that and getting three important points. Great to get this result on the road. Um, you know, we're setting the bar high in 2023 for for this group and this team, and. Um, you know, to pick up all three points on the uh, on our first road game against a, a tough opponent in Charlotte, um, it's great for our confidence moving forward. And I asked Lennon if the team's 
ability to withstand Charlotte's pressure, particularly after it scored its first goal, was a good sign when comparing to last year when Atlanta United would frequently give up a goal on restarts after it scored and just kind of lose any momentum that it had developed. Yeah, we're not going to compare ourselves to different seasons. Um, This is a new year, 2023, different group. Um, So we're focused on on the present moment and today, and we're not going to worry about what has happened in the past. It's a new year, a new day, and Atlanta United is feeling good. When we come back, I'll answer your questions. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, etc. You can get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from Mark Bradley. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Or you can just pay the 99 cents and listen to me try to say subscribe because I have a very difficult time saying that word and I don't know why. Now, on to the mailbag. We're going to start with voicemails left on this number, 770-810-5297. That's 770-810-5297. You can put it into your phone as Doug in all caps, because I, I think I deserve all caps. And here we go. Hey, Doug, this is Derek in EAV. I got a question for you. I'm a relatively new listener to the podcast. A buddy, Lindsay Wilson, turned me on to it in the off season. First time caller. My question for you is on Giorgio's nickname. I know he likes to go by Tank. Saw some great signs in the stadium saying blast it, Tank. Uh, they got coverage on TV when he got introduced last week. But I know I've also seen some good things online, like Papa Giorgio especially is one that I'm a fan of. What is your take on this, and what do you think his nickname will end up being here at Atlanta United? Thanks for doing the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate being a a new listener, and thanks to your friend for turning you on to the podcast. He likes Tank. So I think when he starts to score goals, that that will stick. Uh, I mean, there's some obvious ones that pop up. Greek God seems like a... Almost too on the nose, you know, but I think I think Tank will be it. And once he starts scoring, I think you'll probably see some Tank-inspired TIFOs from the supporters groups. Now on to the next voicemail. Hey, Douglas Robertson. This is Kevin from Charlotte. 
wondering who would fill in for Armada? It's clear that Atlanta wants to play through Armada, obviously the most important player on the team. Um, if he goes down, who's going to fill in for him? Um, clear all of our tech seems to be focused to run through him, which is great. But if he gets injured or has a bad spell, who would fill in for his role? Thanks. I hope you don't know something that's about to happen, like an Almada injury. Uh, I really, that's a really good question. I'm sure that's one that would probably keep Beneta up at night, trying to figure out who is going to fill in at attacking midfielder, be that playmaker. Almada is clearly one of the best players in Major League Soccer right now. Just clearly, clearly, clearly. He's destined for some big things as long as he can stay healthy. I, I really don't know who would be that guy for Atlanta United, I would assume. They would try Sadich there, maybe, but that's, you know, it, it's an unfair comparison to try to figure out who on Atlanta United could be that role. So I need to think about that one a little bit. And let's go on to the more traditional questions. Adam says he likes the Law & Order soundbite, but thinks it should be reserved for maybe the Get Fresh Crew members or the email of the day. So I think we're just going to use it for the question of the day at the end of the podcast here. But on to Adam's questions. How much of the first half was down to Atlanta's efforts versus Charlotte's mistakes? How much of Atlanta's second half performance was tactical conservatism versus fatigue and errors? Uh, I think Atlanta United forced Charlotte into mistakes. The Sadich creating a turnover on the first goal created the mistake. Charlotte did not have time to get itself back into a good shape before Almada found Wiley, who was wide open. The second goal was again kind of Atlanta forcing Charlotte into some errors. And the third goal was, I think Charlotte was a little bit stunned at Almeida just walking through the middle. Charlotte didn't really seem to be focused anymore. They were already down two to nothing, seemed to have given up, which is not a good sign for the franchise and for its manager. It's uh, Charlotte's not a good team. They put in a lot of good crosses today, but just not a really good team in Atlanta kind of absorbed the pressure and was trying to beat them again on a counterattack in the second half. It came close a few times. Couldn't convert, didn't really need to. But, uh, you know, Charlotte's just not a good team, and they're almost on the verge of falling into Minnesota-Charlotte territory. Or, I'm sorry, Minnesota-Cincinnati territory for second-year franchises where they're going to have to be forced to do a reboot all over again. Adam continues, is it me or is Atlanta perpetually slow on throw-ins? Or Hujo's goal was some sublime exception to where most Atlanta throw-ins seem to stifle momentum and allow teams to set their defense, or is it just me? It's funny you mention that because it is something that Atlanta United worked on on Tuesday. They noticed they were slow on throw-ins and were trying to speed things up. So let's keep an eye out on that and see if that develops against Portland and go from there. Lance says, It looks like Coach Gonzalo Pineda's system is beginning to work with a full and healthy roster. Is it time for his haters to admit they've been unfair and take a seat? Well, let's see if it continues to progress. Let's see if they continue to get three points, and then we'll go from there. Just like I've said, we need to be patient when things aren't going well. We need to be patient when things seemingly are going well and see if they can continue. Otherwise, it's a little, uh, I don't know, a little silly. He says, I love the podcast. Rob says, there seems to be a lot of conversation around a name for the Atlanta Charlotte Derby, or Derby, I should say. I know you're on the record as believing meaningful games must be played before a rivalry can exist. I agree that it seems like the best rivalries are born out of genuine shared moments between clubs. This leads me to my question. What about calling it the Walks Derby? 
it's kind of a contradiction and that the two franchises share something as special as a good player like or a good person like walks and good player for it to be a rivalry it's kind of an oxymoron or a juxtaposition let's just see what happens but again it was a really nice moment from charlotte and you know i said on the thursday podcast my favorite thing about getting into charlotte is getting out of charlotte that was unfair Charlotte supporters really stepped up today. So did Charlotte's franchise. And it was it was just really, really cool. Beneda got a little bit emotional talking about it. Brooks Lennon talked about how special it was. Caleb Wiley talked about how special it was. It's uh you know, you don't see those kind of things too frequently. And it was it was really special. The, the walks, we were talking about this last night at dinner. The walks passing really kind of hit me harder than I think it it would have. And I can't explain why. It's not like we were good friends. It's not like we exchanged text messages. It was more just he was such a good guy. He's got a, a, a child. You know, his family started to go fund me. If you haven't seen that, please go. And if you're comfortable, contribute. If not, I understand. But anyway, it was a nice moment. Ben says he enjoys the pod, but also thinks the new sound effect is unnecessary. So that's two against none right now. Referring to our Thursday podcast, he says Lionel Messi would never play for a team with artificial turf, his guess. Well, I think $150 million could change a lot of people's minds. He says he makes coffee with an AeroPress, grinds his beans with Time More C2. I don't know what that means. You tell us your coffee routine. All right, well, this is my coffee routine, and it's really, really complicated. So if you want to take notes, first, I take a concave instrument. I dip it into the coffee grounds. I lift them up. I insert them into this filtered mechanism. I close the lid on that filtered mechanism. I then insert it into another mechanism that heats the water and then sends the water through the first filtered mechanism so that the remnants of the grounds in liquid form are poured into a ceramic device that I then wait a few minutes, pick up, and ingest the liquid. That's my routine. In other words, I use a spoon to take the grounds and put them into a K-cup and put them into a Keurig and drink my coffee. I'm not too fancy. Henry says, do you think that after Wiley's recently good form and the monster game he just had, that he'll start next week against Portland? I don't know how you take him out of the lineup at this point. To take him out of the lineup, I think, would perhaps impact his confidence. So, yeah, I think he's staying in the lineup. What are your thoughts on Gigi's performance? He didn't score, but it seems to me that his movement continues to be good, and it's only a matter of time before he opens his account. I'll be honest with you, Henry. Most of the second half, I was writing the story and not paying a whole lot of attention. I did see Yurgos get back to block a cross, which I think is a fantastic notch for him. He didn't have to do that, but he did. The team was up three to nothing. He didn't have to expend that energy, but he did, which I think is a good sign that he is committed to the team and to the tactics, looking at his stats, super-duper quick. He played 31 minutes. He had one shot on target. He created a chance. He had 12 touches. Four of his seven passes were accurate. He won two aerial duels. He won a tackle. He conceded two fouls. That's pretty good stuff. Let's look at Wiley's numbers, too, really quick while we're at it. 70 minutes, two goals, one assist, two shots, both on target. 27 touches completed 
33 passes, 17 passes in the final third. That's some good stuff. One possession six times. That's a good game. Henry continues, and Henry is a member of the Get Fetch crew. We need to get stickers or like patches or tattoos or something for y'all. Which MLS stadium that I've been to has the best press box food? Well, there's only three stadiums I have not been to. Austin, which I'm dying to go to. Minnesota's, which I'm dying to go to. And actually, there's two. Two that I haven't been to. Those are the only two. The best press box food, that's a really good question. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is actually really good. Yankee Stadium is really, really good, even though actually watching a game there is painfully bad. So I'm going to go with those two for right now. Charlotte's was decent today. A noon kick is a weird time for our 1225 kick for serving food because you're getting there at 930, 10 o'clock in the morning, so it's kind of a combo breakfast food. Today was chicken and waffles, for example. Those are my two favorite right now. Mike says, Arhujo has all the talent in the world. How big do you think this game was for him moving forward? He says it didn't affect his confidence because he's always confident. Anytime you score a goal, it's good. I thought he should have probably gotten an assist on Wiley's third goal. There was another moment in the second half in which he had the ball coming down the coming cutting in uh, from the right. He had Etienne wide open. All he had to do was make the pass, and Etienne would have had a tap in for a goal. But instead, as Sam Jones says, he tried to make about 70 decisions all at the same time, which I dubbed Jurgen Doming from his time with the team. He still just kind of kind of get calm when he's in space. He he overthinks, overdoes, and it just seldom works out. When he gets the ball and he's got to do something quick, boom, it works. When he gets the ball and has time, it doesn't work. Anyway, let's look at Arahujo's stats really quick, too, while we have them up. Arhujo played 89 minutes because he, uh, Johnny Fortune made his MLS debut and got like one minute of time. He had the one goal, six shots, two on target, which is better. One chance created, 45 touches, 28 passes, 21 accurate passes, 13 passes in the final third. No crosses this week, which is very different from him. Three out of five successful dribbles, three tackles, which is good for him. One tackle, one, one possession, five times, only one foul conceded. That's a good stat line for Arahujo, I think. Mike continues, what's our best starting 11 right now? Well, it's hard to argue with three goals scored, that starting 11 today, which was Miguel Berry, Caleb Wiley, Diego Almada, Arahujo, Sadich, who I think had a good game, Abara, who had another good game, Lennon, Gutman, Barata, Robinson, and Guzan. And let's look at Sadich's stats really quick because he came in for Mateus Huzetu who had a hamstring strain earlier this week. Pineda, again, said he thought it's very, very mild, and you could see him back on Tuesday. Say it's 70 minutes, no goals, no assists, one chance created, 33 touches, 21 to 27 passes, eight passes in the final third, two aerial duels won, which is really funny because he's not a tall guy and he's not a jumper. One possession five times, fouled once, one foul conceded, one yellow card, Solid performance by Sadich. I think you'll probably want to see a few more chances created uh, by him. Rory says, after the third goal, Taylor Twelman, who is doing analysis, and is a good guy, we talked for a long time before the game, asserted that this team's level of production would not have happened were Moreno still on the roster. Do you concur? Well, yeah, I think so. I think that's why you didn't see Moreno start a lot in the last, what was it, nine games last season? Moreno, you know, 
I wrote last year and got killed for it, but I think I was proven right. Is a good player, but could have been so much better if he simply had executed the tactics that Pineda wants. Now, Pineda will not say a negative thing about Moreno and will constantly tell you that he thinks he's a good player. Same as Garth Lagerway. But there's a reason Moreno is not on the team anymore. Same for Barco. When they would get the ball, they would become black holes. Dribble, 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 dribble. Instead of passing, instead of moving. Or dribbling and get caught. Dribbling and get caught and be fouled. When you watch Almeida get the ball, you don't see him get fouled too often. He gets away from people. Same for Wiley. And what Twelman was referring to is when you have Moreno on the left, and he didn't mention Arahujo, but you have Arahujo on the right, both players are going to drift into that space in the middle, and it takes space away from Almada. That's what Twelman was referring to today, and I agree with him. And now, question of the week. Comes from ZXYQU, who says, you got a call out, unattended or not, on Fox, which also broadcasted the game today. They said Southern Fried Soccer and Charlotte is getting cooked in the 47th minute. So apparently we need to trademark Southern Fried Soccer so that uh, Daniel can get some royalties every time it gets mentioned because the man works and he needs he, he could use some revenue. Well, anybody can use revenue. But Daniel can use some more revenue. So... Again, if you buy a bag of Doug coffee or if you say Southern Fried Soccer, all the royalties go to Daniel. Atlanta United, 3 to nothing winners over Charlotte. They'll host Portland next Saturday at the Benz before the road trips really start coming fast and furious. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on the Instagrams at Douglas David Robertson. Hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. Y'all take care. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.